Today, we're talking with Reverend Walter Kendricks of Morningstar Baptist Church. I'm sorry to say we had a poor audio connection, so I apologize for some rough edits in this episode. I hope you'll stay tuned in, though, because I think you'll enjoy what this pastor has to say about his work in fighting for equality. Welcome to Faves Forward, a podcast about how faith communities are staying connected during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm Tracy Simmons. I'm Walter Kendricks. I am pastor of the Morningstar Missionary Baptist Church. I also am the Eastern Washington representative for the Governor's Commission on African American Affairs, uh, founding member of SCAR, a variety of, of, of things. No need to go into detail, but yes, that's me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for, for being here. So sure. I want to talk about a couple of those things, but I wonder if first you would talk a little bit about your congregation. I had the pleasure of, of attending virtually a couple weeks ago, but uh, tell me about who goes to your church and a little bit about your, your church. Well, we have a, uh, <clears throat> I've been pastor of Morningstar since November of 2013. I was on the eastern or the western side of the mountain and um, we just got a call and um, they wanted me to come and be their pastor. When I arrived at the congregation, they were, you know, kind of on the wane, if, if you want to put it that way. It was like 20, 25 people there, mostly older people. Uh, since that time, we've, uh, and thank, thanks be to God, I take no credit for it. We're currently sitting at about, you know, 65, 70 people. We have an excellent mixture of, of younger and older people. The third has transitioned. A lot of the older people, as they grew older, they moved, you know, on to other things. And younger people took the positions and are doing the work that they were doing. Um, but we've got a lot of kids. We, I think it's the best church in Spokane. That's me, but then I'm prejudiced, huh? So yeah, that's Morningstar, yes. Okay, great. And then tell me about these other organizations you just mentioned. So what is SCAR? That's a new organization in town, is that right? Um, not new. Uh, well, depend on how you, you know, what, what criteria you use to define new. Uh, SCAR came into existence four years ago, uh, came out of my outrage and some other people in the black community's outrage William Poindexter got into an altercation on in East Central with uh, a gentleman uh, as and as he was walking away from 30 feet, uh, the gentleman uh, assumed the shooting position, shot William Poindexter in the back twice and killed him on the spot over there off Altman. Kendricks explained that the white man who killed Poindexter was found not guilty by the jury who said it was self-defense. The jury... I should note, was also all white. To add salt to our wound about Poindexter being shot in the back, uh, because of the defense that was presented for the individual in question, uh, we had to pay, and by we, I mean the taxpayers paid for his defense. So that's how SCAR was formed, uh, called a meeting at the church, and we just started to uh, take a more activist role. And it seems given everything that's happening. And so SCAR just has stepped up. We didn't go away. We never went away. It's just that uh, we're all volunteers and we, we, we only have so much bandwidth in the community. And so uh, with the George Floyd and with police reform and all that stuff, we've stepped to the fore once more and again, and we're, we're active once more and again. So yeah, 
Yeah, we're back in the fray here. Yes. And then you mentioned you're also doing some work with the governor. What is what is that? I was appointed to the governor's task force on police reform and the way they interact with, especially with communities of color, and the way they interact concerning the tactics that they use when, you know, in various situations. So I was appointed to that here recently in the last month. Uh, our first meeting is coming up here sometime this week. Uh, I also was appointed by the governor to the uh, Commission on African American Affairs, Eastern Washington representative. So trying to do that too. So just, again, just working in our community to make it a better place for everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for doing that. Ah, my pleasure. I remember once you told me that you consider yourself to be uh, an activist pastor. Uh, uh, yes. And your congregation is supportive of that. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, they share me. I just watch over my congregation. That's my primary focus. Kendrick said he's grateful that his congregation has remained healthy during the pandemic, but they continue to practice extreme caution as the church is home to several elderly members. Yes, I'm glad too. Well, believe it. That's why I can't help but smile. God is so good that, uh, you know, we're doing well. So, yeah. <laughs> now, um, I've seen you preach before, and yes. it just looks like you're having so much fun up there. <laughs> I don't know about that. But, you know, it's really not me. I give the credit to God. In normal times, the choir would sing something or somebody would say something. And what I had written on many occasions, all of a sudden it just goes out the window and I just follow that chain. I consider it an honor to be used in God's service. It's a very humbling experience depending upon how one perceives God, this concept of God, to bring a word which would inspire and call to action or comfort or support his people. It's an humbling experience. And yeah, I enjoy it. Yes, I do. But you weren't always a preacher. No, ma'am. I had a long and storied career, I should say. I used to work uh, with United Airlines. I started when I was a kid. 1977. And then, of course, during that time, I was continuing my education, continuing going to school. I then felt a calling just to, because my dad was a pastor, something was missing. And so uh, I went to seminary. Um, do you think that your work um, in the airline industry has helped you uh, in ministry in any way? Yes, without a doubt. In my travels, of course, working for the airlines, I, I traveled quite a bit, especially out of the country. I tell people, you haven't seen poverty until you go visit Thailand or, or, or some other country. There is no welfare system. Um, people, children, land in the street, no money, no nothing. So that's one aspect of, to answer your question, uh, in dealing and working in a corporate environment, you learn how to deal with all sorts of people, black, white, straight, gay, union, non-union. And so, yes, my airline experience really helped me uh, as far as pastoring the church. It has taken all of my character. It's always interesting talking to second career pastors to see how that previous career shaped. shaped oh, gosh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. It shaped <laughs> a lot, let me tell you. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
you mentioned how this is difficult work, especially right now during a pandemic. So yes. what is your church doing right now? Are you still worshiping um, virtually or are you gathering in person yet? Yes, we are worshiping uh, virtually. We do Bible studies and everything else, Facebook, Zoom. As far as gathering, we keep putting back our day because of the COVID numbers. They keep rising. Okay. But in the meantime, you're going in on Sundays. Um, I think you have a couple other people in there. You have someone singing. Um, yes. Someone doing the video. Yes. Right. Yes, just a couple of us. And of course, you know, we do offer, even though we don't make it public, if people want to come and sit in the in the sanctuary, various pews have been restricted from use. Um, spaces six feet apart uh, have been marked off. Uh, we're ready. We're, we're ready to go. It's just that my primary job, as I mentioned earlier before, is to take care of the body has entrusted to me. Yeah, we're prepared. Mm -hmm. okay. Now, music is, is a, an important part of your service. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Now, the worship um, experience. That's yes. right. Yeah. Are you going to, do you have a choir? Are you going to be, be singing when you're back together or? I know singing oh, gotcha. it doesn't work the same on Zoom, you know? <laughs> right. Well, what we have now is the person that is delivering our music right now or rendering our music ministry right now. She is the worship arts director for the church. Her name is Deacon Esther Kelly, and she is the one who provides the music for us right now. Um, one thing I thought was fun when I uh, watched yes. your service on Facebook yes. um, mm -hmm. is the comments. <laughs> so. Yeah. Everyone in the congregation was um, either typing in all caps, amen or hallelujah, or they were talking back and forth to each other and saying hello during the yes. service. Uh, yes. And I don't, I don't think you can see that because you're, you're not no. watching in Facebook. No. no. I'm does in the sound, spirit. Right. Go ahead. No, does that sound like, I mean, that, does that sound like your congregation? Everyone just sounds like they're friendly and um, connects with each other regardless. Oh, of we connect prayer. and we love. Um, Morningstar and any church, I believe, is to be a place of support. And so what you were talking about, again, back to the African-American church experience, it's, it's known as call and response. That's why I have problems when I go speak at, um, and I hate using this term, but when I go speak at non-African-American dominated churches, because I tell them, Baptist, the Baptist faith, it's like a conversation. I say something, and then I wait for the congregation to say something back. That's the one thing that's really difficult preaching without that, because there's nobody, <laughs> there's nobody out in the congregation, you know, but uh, that's where you see all those comments. They're doing it virtually. And it, it just gives me such, such joy that, you know, we gather. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Now, what is the black church experience right now during these protests and the black lives matter movement? Um, because this is happening with the backdrop of a pandemic. So how are you navigating that? And how are you responding to everything that's happening in our culture right now? Well, I keep the church abreast of what's going on. I have a assistant, the church clerk, that uh, we communicate with our members. Uh, the Black church, we are still witnessing to the world about things that are of grand importance to the world, not just the Black people. You know, salvation is available to all. It doesn't make no difference what color, personal choice, people, especially the elders, they miss gathering together. But yet and still, they're starting to understand 
that the work of the church goes on. So, yeah. Absolutely. And hopefully I answered your question. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the protests that are happening, you're being, you personally seem to be uh, called on more and more. <laughs> People are asking for your voice, as we saw with the governor and with Scar. Um, yes. So do you feel a lot of people are kind of like in isolation and bored, but your job just keeps <laughs> getting bigger and bigger. Yes. Well, I tell people I'm busier now that the church, quote unquote, the gathering of the church is closed or the church is closed or whatever than I was before this happened. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very humbled, you know, that, that people think enough of me that um, they want to hear my voice. They want to know. One of my mentors asked me, or I asked him a long time ago, I said, Pastor, how do you deal with all the need? Situations keep presenting themselves. And he said, Kendricks, make sure you can't do everything, but make sure those things that you can do, make sure you do them. And walk through the open doors. God will open the door that he wants you to walk through, hear his voice, and just go in the direction that he sends you. Make sure you do that. And that's what I'm doing. Now, I saw you are also the moderator of the Eastern Washington District for the North Pacific Baptist Convention. That's a mouthful. <laughs> well, that's changed. We got to change that on our Facebook page. I am now vice president, or I have been asked to be vice president at large of the North Pacific Baptist Convention, which means that I'm directly in line to be president. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah, that's, that's looming. So I just, again, I just walk through the open door. I just do what I'm asked to do. Can you tell me more about, about the, the district? Um, is that... Sure. Yeah, who, where, what does it encompass and what's your It encompasses role? churches in Washington, Alaska, and Oregon. There are probably 40 churches that are affiliated, and we are together as a body, just like the Spokane Ministerial Fellowship, and uh, we just come together. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why we're together, so that's what that is about. I think it's about 40 churches, yes. Okay. And what would your role be as vice president? What would your... I just assist the president, um, take care of meetings, um, you know, reach out to the churches, communicate with the churches, interact with the churches, show up when churches have various activities going on as much as it allows me because I'm on this side of the mountain. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. On your bio, I read yes. that you have a deep heart for the elderly and the sick. Where does yeah. that come from? Where does that come from? Uh, I think it comes from God, to be honest with you. Sometimes in our society, uh, we get so busy that we forget about our elders. Um, I care about those who don't have a lot of money. I care about those who don't have any influence because they want the same things that you and I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, That's where that comes from. Okay. I yeah. give glory to God. <laughs> yes. In, in the conversations I've, I've had with you, you really strike me as someone who 
I mean, you have such a deep faith in, um, you're just, you're always so optimistic too and, and joyful. So do you think that goes back to being raised in the church or life experience or studying? Uh, yes, combination, all of those. And I think um, the overriding factor, again, hopefully it doesn't sound corny or I believe that God formed me uh, to be who it is I am. Yeah, my faith is, and it it's continuing to develop. I tell you, when I saw the video and I started hearing about um, George Floyd, I couldn't speak for a couple of weeks. I, I, I really couldn't because it, it really pierced me to my soul. But my faith is the foundation of me. Um, I have to believe. First, I have to believe so I will be able to convey it to other people. He will get us to where he said he would. And so I, I have to believe that because if I don't believe that, then it's all been a waste. And so that's why I smile, you know, no matter what. Um, people that came before me, they had it a heck of a lot worse than I did. And, and even though in my struggles, and I'm very thankful for them because I realize that not just my family, all those people, same thing I'm trying to do, make things better for those that will come after me. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying the Sunday after George Floyd was one of your hardest Sundays in the pulpit. It was the hardest. My hurt, my anger, it was hard. And so I just came up with the story of the first murder, or God gave me the story of the first murder back Cain and Abel. And depending upon your translation of the Holy Writ, the scripture, whatever one you're reading, uh, God asked Cain, he said, the voice of the blood of your brother. It's, it's crying out to me from the ground. And so I came up with the thought, America, what have you done? Yeah, it was, it was tough, but I thank God for it. I can smile now, dark times, but I can smile again because the cloud lifted and uh, because of a song. To keep your faith, uh, it takes practice, doesn't it? It really does. And it's challenging, but then that's how I believe in the reality and the truth of the scripture. Right before we, were, we started recording, you were telling me that you're starting to do some work with the interfaith community. Can you tell me yes. more about that? Yes. Um, been reaching out. I'm going to be reaching out to my Jewish friends. A fellow by the name of Huppen, Maury Huppen, uh, is reaching out to his congregation or to his synagogue and to the rabbi. And we're going to engage in conversation. Um, not just that, but to the Muslim community. My struggle is actually your struggle because we're brothers. So come on and let's go to and for the glory of God. Let's take this community where we need to be. So yes, working out, reaching out to faith, uh, interfaith communities. And it's exciting. It really is. It's exciting that God's people will come together with common goals in mind for common purposes. Yeah. Why do you think that's you so think important, that's important right now in particular? Uh, because, <laughs> oh, because we have those that are in authority in high, high places. If you say us and to the exclusion of everyone else, then that automatically drives a them. You can't have an us without them. We, the people, not us, but we, the people. 
which encompassed, even though they didn't mean it that way, encompassed everyone. And so that's why it's so important that we have to understand that it's not just about Black people or Native Americans or Latinos. It's about all of us. Well, it's important work you're doing. Well, I thank you for even thinking that what I'm trying to do is important. So let me ask you one last thing. I know that you are a sports fan. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no sports season. <laughs> what are you, how are you going to cope? <laughs> what do you mean? How have I coped? No, My I, favorite day of the year. Mm -hmm. Honestly, people laugh when I tell them this. My favorite day of the year is Memorial Day. There's baseball games all day long. Early in the morning till the evening. I mean, like four games are on. I love baseball. And so how am I coping? I've missed, uh, you know, watching sports. Obviously, there's nothing to watch. But it has driven uh, me finding other avenues. And I've been reading quite a bit. And I've read some excellent books or been in the process of reading some excellent books. And so I miss baseball and I'm looking forward to football. Go Browns. Go Indians. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're an Ohio man, aren't you? I'm an Ohio boy. Just go ahead and say it. I'm an Ohio boy. Yeah. Born and raised in Cleveland. Go Indians. Go Cavaliers. Go Browns. You know you're a fan. I'm telling you. You know you're a fan of your hometown teams when you still cheer for them even though they're sorry. Ain't never won nothing. And I still cheer for them. <laughs> hey, that's how I feel about the Cowboys. <laughs> that was Reverend Walter Kendricks talking about how the church must go on, even in a pandemic. Thanks for listening to Faves Forward, which you can find on our website, SpokaneFaves.com, or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We're trying to raise $2,000 right now to pay our journalists, including me, guys, to cover the coronavirus. We need to raise about $1,300 more. You can help by visiting our Facebook page and making a donation there. We would surely appreciate it. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.